Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. I was sitting on the couch last week with a dear friend of mine, and she's a climate activist. And she's been working in that field for over a decade. And she was telling me that she had just been to a conference that weekend, and and there was somebody that was giving a talk on joy. And after the talk, there were these organized breakout sessions for the people in the audience to be with each other and discover and name out loud ways to access joy in their life. And she told me that she cried almost the whole way through the woman's joy talk. And tears were streaming down her face when she told me about it, too. And something had shaken loose in her. And she went on to tell me that she realized that she doesn't stop that she doesn't really know how to access joy because she doesn't stop. And I can see this about her because her currency is doing. She's always on the bigger picture and the bigger planet. And as we know, with our beloved planet, there is an urgency. Time's up and there's more to do and more to broadcast than we have people and time and resources. And as she continued to talk and I listened, I understood that in many ways she doesn't feel like joy should belong to her because of all the suffering in the world. And that maybe she even feels that rest and basic self-care and recovery doesn't even belong to her for that same reason. And I can tell you that I've never seen one person try to do so many things at once. And of course, the, the more that she takes on and the more that she throws herself against, the more worn down she becomes. And so she cried and I listened And after a while of talking, she asked me about my joy. And I took a minute, I took a breath before I answered. Because something that is very much on my table right now is this idea of cellular joy. And not just slapping sticky notes around my life that say joy on them like things that seem like obvious places where somebody should feel joy. And two things that I recently discovered about feeling joy, actually feeling it in my cells and tissues and mind and body, two things after I spent some time thinking. And the first thing is this, you have to slow down or stop to notice its effect on you. Because 
this drive by joy is superficial and it's not really what I would consider joy that kind of slapping the sticky note on it kind of kind of naming and the second thing that I've discovered through thinking about this is that you have to be willing to receive it to let it in and you have to believe that you deserve to feel the full capacity of it despite your privilege and despite the suffering that's going on around the planet in all of its forms. I think we should always be in a deep, investigative and reflective place with our own privilege. And I think we should be on a continuous quest to understand the systemic power structures that have formed our foundation, our belief systems, and all of the flags that we put in the ground. And I also believe that joy and grace belong to every living being. And that we have to practice noticing and receiving those things, those beautiful things, despite all the suffering that we witness around us. And so... We continue to understand our privilege and we always keep a hold of that conversation with ourselves and with other people somehow so that we're accountable. And we continue to dismantle systems of oppression and we tell the truth and we demand the truth to be told. And all the while, we can allow ourselves to feel deep joy, deep cellular joy, and we can let it flood in. Because then we are better nourished and better equipped to be climate activists, to be people who fight for justice and equality, to take care of other people, to recognize the deep suffering in the world. It's really hard to recognize and attend to that suffering if we're malnourished ourselves. I was listening to a talk by ACLU Chief Equity Officer Amber Hikes, who's lovely. And she was on a TED Talk daily, and she was talking about lifting while you climb. And she explained this, um, that this kind of archaic image of a ladder that's so often used um, to represent success, especially in corporate land, Um, of like climbing towards success. And she said, but if we, if we're leaving others behind who have historically had the mic less and had less opportunity to climb, then what good, good is it being at the top with this bird's eye view? And she so beautifully talks about still climbing, still raising yourself up but consciously gathering people along with you as you go and pulling people up who have less privilege than you do, pointing to people and their talents, specifically pointing to them and passing the mic and sponsoring them and ensuring their success too. And as she was talking, I thought, you know, this applies to joy too. We climb and we can take others with us. It's not helpful to blot out joy for yourself or not climb just because there's great suffering in the world. 
Because if we do, then we get too depleted to help. We get too depleted to use our privilege for good. We get too depleted to sponsor others and support their climb to success or to cellular joy. And then in that case, we become martyrs instead of light workers. And that's not helpful to anybody, including yourself. And it's so, so, so particular to each individual what joy is. Your joy may overlap with my joy, but, it, but it's a custom fit to you. And that's a really personal discovery. I've been thinking about this all week. The things that I've realized give me cellular joy are not always and, and often not the big, the big flashy moments. But the times when I don't feel scattered or pulled in multiple directions, it's not, it's not usually the pumpkin patch moments that are joy-filled for me. Oftentimes, those moments have an anxiety underneath, like the highlight reel you see on social media with all the sparkling fall photos and the kids and the ponies and the hay bales. Underneath the surface... I don't think those are the times when I feel the most cellular joy. A lot of times those seem um, like put upon or fake and, and, you know, and there's an expectation and anxiety sort of riding underneath it. And maybe that's because I'm a true introvert or, um, or maybe it's because my joy so often comes in moments for me of order and synchronicity and more private magic, like an afternoon of writing flow, or a really good, rich download session with a girlfriend in my pajamas. And it's the moments that I usually don't take a picture, because I'm, I'm so wrapped up. When I can slow down and notice how I'm actually feeling, and at least in that moment of notice, I don't feel worried. Like when I'm actually at the point in my meditation practice where the mental cobwebs have cleared and I feel like I'm lighter and suspended and I'm not slave to my monkey mind in that moment. I can see glimpses of it. And when I do, I try to take a deep breath and I try to notice it and name it before it retreats and pulls back because it doesn't happen all the time. And when it does happen... It's because I've slowed down enough to name it. I, I feel joy when I'm the first one up in the morning, in the dark morning, and I've had enough sleep. And when I get to have a cup of coffee alone by the fire, organizing my thoughts for the day. Um, I feel joy when I am not too cold and not too warm, but I've picked out the perfect cozy outfit for the day's weather, which is a tricky in Colorado in the fall. I feel joy when somebody I love sees me and notices something about me that you have to look a little bit deeper to see. I feel cellular joy when I watch my kids play and laugh together. Sometimes, sometimes when they play together, I feel tired and worried that one of them's going to crash and get a concussion or slip down on the wood floor. But 
Sometimes on the good days, I catch myself watching them and getting caught up in them and thinking about them as adults one day and being best friends and support beams for one another. When, and I did this the other day at a neighbor's house because I don't have a garden this year, but when I pull up a carrot from the ground and I brush the dirt, dirt off of it, and when that carrot, that same carrot hits the pan with olive oil and garlic and I get to eat something that my neighbor has grown, that was a joy that I had this week. I feel joy when I'm creating something I believe in, like this podcast. I feel cellular joy when I watch somebody else in their flow, whatever it is, when they're just, you can tell that they're in it and they're, they're made to do that thing, when they're creating something that they believe in. And I could go on and on about these little um, joys that I've discovered. But after spending some time with this, what I know is that no matter what joyful is to you, in order for it to activate, you have to stop long enough to note it and to feel it in your body. Otherwise, it's just a sticky note that you drive by and you label things with because you think you should. And I also know that joy can be felt even when you're not all that happy. Because joy is a moment. It's a surge. It's a notice. It's an inhalation. It's a release. It's, a, it's one laugh. It's a transportation away from the ordinary. It's a spark. And if you don't take note of that surge, it dissolves without recognition. I was listening to Tarana Burke, who's just extraordinary, if you don't know her. Um, she was on Glennon Doyle's podcast yesterday, and which is called We Can Do Hard Things. And, and she has this beautiful book out called Unbound, and I can't wait to read it. Um, and she said, something about joy that I really relate to and I so believe. She said something like, joy and pain can live in the same body. And the pain that we experience doesn't have to take away the joy we are entitled to. And I so believe this. The two can and so often do share space together. Joy was on my radar to talk about before my friend showed up on my couch last week um, because I've been thinking about ways to shift certain things about my life that aren't working and bringing me joy. We can't just recite mantras of manifestation and expect our lives to change if we don't elevate our emotions to match our lives, to match the dreams that we're going for. And we have to notice where we come alive and then replicate those feelings to notice what actual activities we are doing when joy arrives and then choose that again. You can name and recognize your privilege, fight for justice, work to destroy systems of oppression, and also feel deep 
and present joy. They can all and should exist together and joy does nothing but help. And when she shows up, let her in and and just throw your arms wide open because she doesn't come every old day. And I believe and have seen in my life and other people around me that joy is infectious. And when you feel it out loud, when you name it out loud, at least one person and probably, probably many more that you don't even realize are watching you and then somehow that gives them permission to present that way. The same beautiful friend, my, my friend, the climate activist, who's wearing herself down to, to the bare wire. Something's happening for her that's really interesting. While she's coming up with this discovery that she's not able to easily access joy in her day-to-day, she's also simultaneously, currently, being recognized and showered with rewards and awards and attention and well-deserved press for her her recent work. And it's been years coming, years of hard work in the in the basements and long, long days of believing her believing in something that few people around her understood or believed in. And so now the light is flooding in to her work and people are sitting up and noticing her and paying attention to her. And it's good for the cause of what she's talking about. And it's good for her artistically as well. But what's remarkable is that even with all of that, the ability to receive joy for her is not a given. She doesn't totally feel comfortable letting that flood in because it feels like too much at once. Or it's too much to do to stop and and allow herself to feel it. We were sitting at the table with her, my family, and we were kind of digging around to find a phrase for it. And my mother, who came in with this Southern saying, which, which is from an old gospel song, and I just love it. It says, drinking from the saucer. And it's this idea that the cup is so full, your cup is so full that it spills over and you're just, things are so good, you're drinking from the saucer. And the actual stanza of the gospel song is, may we never be too busy to help bear another's load, then we'll all be drinking from the saucer when our cups have overflowed. And my friend, she has been lifting while she climbs she has been bearing others' loads and the load of the planet. She's been helping and helping and lifting and helping. And I want her to recognize that when her cup is flowing over and she's drinking from the saucer, that that beautiful fact does not discount anybody else. It only adds inspiration back into the world. And what I hope is that my friend can stop and feel what is naturally coming to her. Your joy, your success, your elation, your being able to notice beauty, 
does not take away anything from somebody else's hurt. And to those of you right now who are hurting, I I know, I see you, I know that you're there. If your cup is dry, and if you were looking around kind of wondering, where's my joy? Know that that is real. And life has its places of drought and inability to see any nourishment for miles. But what you can do is you can look for the lifters and the people who are inclusive and open-hearted. They are there, so keep your eyes open and ride with them a while until you get stronger and until you can get a foothold to lift yourself up. It's coming. Your foothold is coming. The overflow is coming. Because, you know, I believe that that Something that we can absolutely count on in this life is that most beautiful things can follow the most terrible things. And sometimes we have to hang on to somebody else for a little while in order to get our balance. And when you're in the middle of your cup overflowing and you're drinking from the saucer, feel every second of that. Bask in that light. Recognize where it came from. And stop long enough from your hard work to name it and feel it and believe that it belongs to you. Every human being deserves this, to take up space in your joy, your self-care, and your slow day. Whether it's feeling the, the roar of the crowd cheering for you, if that's important to you, or just the breathtaking beauty in a quiet morning to let yourself Just sit there and soak it in. And that reverence will not dissolve your understanding of the whole world. It will just restore you for the days to come. I found this succulent little piece from Mary Oliver that I couldn't resist sharing with you. Um... Mary often just has the perfect thing for me. (laughs) And I have a a big book of her poems. And sometimes I'll just, in the mornings, I'll just open it up and it'll just be the right page. And I literally, yesterday morning, just opened the book up and it fell open to this page. And it was a perfect way um, to stitch this all together. If you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate. Give in to it. There are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be. We are not wise and not very often kind. And much can never be redeemed. Still, life has some possibility left. Perhaps this is its way of fighting back, that sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world. It could be anything. But very likely you will notice it the instant when love begins. Anyway, that's often the case. Don't be afraid of its plenty. Joy is not made to be a crumb. Mary Oliver. Hmm. Thanks everybody so much today for listening. 
special thanks to Todd Anthony and to Pinwheel for continuing to help and support me and my mission for this work and helping me to clarify how I can grow this audience and, and listenership. If you are enjoying and benefiting from Things That Will Help podcast, I want to ask you to consider becoming a patron. And please know that every patron matters to me, and the monthly contribution ask is, is small, but it's so incredibly helpful to me and to um, keeping this work going. And the information for how to do that is in the show notes. Other ways you can help if you are enjoying this podcast, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. All this helps too. And tell your friends. Word of mouth is super helpful to me. And my hope is to continue to grow this work in this community so that it has a place to evolve and thrive. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a beautiful day.